and welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I am your host, JR, and we are here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten. We're going to have some great topics today. We have Nebraska and Colorado to talk about. We have Kirk Herbstreit talking about Ohio State fans being psychotic. And we have news about how Big Ten viewership has been doing. Did they make the right decision? veering away from ESPN, going to CBS, going to NBC, going to Fox. We will talk about all of those things I have with me today. B-Soul and Dre Fame. Uh, B-Soul is a Nebraska fan. Dre Fame is a Michigan fan. We are glad to have them here today. B-Soul, you want to go ahead and tell people where they can find you and your podcast at? Yeah, um, we are. I'm part of the uh, Sully Scoop Big Banter's uh, Nebraska football podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. We're also on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, probably the most active on Twitter there. Excellent. Thank you so Thank you. much. Dre Fame, you want to talk about where people can find you and your podcast? And you can find us on our YouTube page. Um, at the Victor's Nations podcast, our Facebook uh, group page at the Victor's Nation LLC, and our Twitter page at the Victor's Nation LLC. Awesome, awesome. And you guys got a pretty good, big uh, Facebook group, don't you? Yeah, it's over. Uh, I think it just got to 14,000. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, definitely if you're on Facebook, go over and check out Victor's Nation. And, uh, and, and join that group. Uh, we are brought to you by Big Banter Sports, BigBanterSports.com. We have a podcast for every Big Ten team for football. We're working on basketball right now, but definitely your one-stop shop for all teams in college and uh, Big Ten college football. Please like and subscribe to this video if you don't mind. We, uh, we put out episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and it's just different takes from different fans in the Big Ten, podcasters from Big Banter Sports, some podcasters, insiders, fans from other teams as well it's a great time and we hope that you enjoy the episodes to start off we're going to talk about nebraska versus colorado nebraska versus colorado comes in nebraska is 0-1 after their heartbreaking loss to minnesota super close game last week 13 to 10 colorado is 1-0 shocking the world Dion sanders asking everybody do you believe do you believe in us calling out reporters the 45 to 42 win colorado is currently favored by three and a half and the point total is set at 58.5 Beasel, tell us, what matchups are you looking forward to seeing in the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Colorado Buffs this weekend? Yeah, I think um, especially for Nebraska coming into this game, I think I think Colorado's riding a high. They are beating a team that was in the championship game last year uh, in TCU. However, as, um, as I said, and you'll be able to hear on the uh, Sully Scoop as well, different TCU team than last year. Uh, TCU lost a ton of talent. Also play in the big 12 where your whole identity is to outscore your opponent. doesn't matter how many points you get. It's whoever has the ball last. I think Colorado um, with Nebraska coming into town, their big focus is going to have to be stopping the run, which they were not able to do against TCU. And if Nebraska um, comes out and runs the ball, it really focuses on that. I think, that's going to be the identity and that's going to be how Nebraska can actually uh, shock and pull an upset against Colorado here. Um, the biggest, um, biggest matchup that I'm looking for is going to be the offensive line for Nebraska against the Colorado defensive line. Nebraska's offensive line the last five, six years has been mediocre at best. Um, however, when you look at the grading scale against um, how they protected versus Minnesota, 
The run blocking was all five guys were up, I believe, above 75, um, 75%. Pass protection, though, was down under 45 for everybody. So if they can come out and control the tempo and control the narrative against Colorado in the run game and really do something Nebraska hasn't done in a long time and win the time of possession, I think they got a shot here. Super interesting. Yeah, I think it was evident that the passing game for Nebraska could really improve and the offensive line didn't help that last week. But Jeff Sims, he's still electric. He is still a player that can make moves and do some crazy things. We saw the the what backward pass that he fumbled and picked up and threw like 40 yards on a rope. Um, a pretty crazy play, um, but he definitely has some uh, elect- electricity to his game to uh, to make some big plays. Dre Fame, what's, uh, what's kind of your take on this game? What are you excited to see in here? Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Colorado, see if they can ride this wave. I know um, their defense – Gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points last week. And I know Nebraska going to try to um, come back after that embarrassing loss they took um, in week one. But I think Shador Sanders is still on a prove-it mission. But if their defensive holds up against uh, Nebraska's run game, which they didn't do last week, um, I, I think they have a shot at beating Nebraska. Yeah, for sure. I think Colorado's linebackers really need to improve. I was looking at the comparisons between the Colorado linebackers and the Nebraska linebackers, and uh, the Nebraska linebackers were just far better last week. Now, obviously, different levels of competition, but you could tell that the Colorado linebackers, you know, they have some improving to do, especially if they want to stop Jeff Sims and that and that running yeah, attack. So, hey, uh, Bezel, tell me, what is kind of your score prediction here for this game? If you had to predict it at the end of the day, what would your score prediction be? Yeah, so I think, um, obviously, going into the season, um, all the hype around Colorado kind of, you know, thought maybe it was going to be a little overhype. Um, started the season with a 35-10 to 10 victory for Nebraska here. And I might have, you know, being a homer, bought into some of that Nebraska hype that was coming out of fall camp here. Um, I actually think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game here. Um, would not surprise me if the first half you're looking at a 14-3 to Colorado lead at halftime. Um, and then as the game wears on and as Nebraska kind of controls the tempo like they should and control the clock, um, I'm actually looking at a 21-17 to uh, Nebraska victory. Wow, so Nebraska comeback. So you don't think it'll be a 3 to nothing at halftime like with Minnesota? I, I don't. I think uh, it's not going to surprise me if we see Colorado score on the second or third play of the game. Gotcha. That, you know, Nebraska probably holds the ball for eight minutes, kicks a field goal. Colorado scores in two plays. And then it's again, how does Nebraska handle if they have 16 minutes and they're losing 16 minutes of possession, they're losing the game, but Colorado's only run three plays. If you can wear that defense out, I think they got a good shot. Yeah, I can see a, a low-scoring game for sure, um, especially with the uh, new clock rules and everything with first downs because, you know, if Nebraska wants to, they could kind of just try and do what IU did last week was just kind of keep the ball, play keep away, yeah. and how, how low can we get the score to be um, with, with limiting drives. So, yeah, I think that's good analysis. Dre, kind of what's your take on the score prediction here? Uh, I got 21-14 to 14 Colorado. Uh, like I said, I think they're still on that uh, prove it train, and uh, I think Shador is going to have a great game. Him and his uh, running back, I mean, uh, wide receiver Dylan Edwards, I think they're going to hook up for a couple touchdowns, and 
I think they're going to get up big, but they're going to cruise after Nebraska, like, sets itself down. And, but they're not going to have the firepower to catch back up. So I got a 21-14 Colorado. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think they'll definitely see more resistance this game than they saw last game with TCU. And that's not a knock on TCU, but uh, I think even last year people could tell, you know, TCU, that the defense, that wasn't their – their pride. Now they were very physical. They were very tough. Uh, but that you know they're they're not like a Big Ten team where you kind of lean on that defense. I'm a little bit higher than you guys. I have it at 34 to 17 Colorado. I think Nebraska sticks with them for a while. Uh, but I think kind of in the second half, Shador Sanders pulls away a little bit. I hope I'm wrong. I want Nebraska to win. I like Nebraska. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a Nebraska fan, but overall, I like Matt Rule. I like the program there, and uh, I have massive respect for the fans. I think I saw tickets are like at $400 or something. <laughs> uh, so they yeah, they know Nebraska fans uh, travel there, so <laughs> uh, they're jacking the prices up for sure. But uh, we will, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, Nebraska, I do think they're going to try to run the clock a little bit, um, but eventually, you know, I think Shador Sanders just has that big playability in him, and um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a touchdown or two by Travis Hunter um, coming in and uh, being that electrifying player. So again, hope I'm wrong. Hope Nebraska shocks the world and. Uh, takes down uh, Deion Sanders in Colorado, but we will see. All right, our next subject that we have to talk about is Kirk Herbstreet. Kirk Herbstreet calls out the psychotic standard, is what he called it, of the Ohio State fans. Now, I could try to tell you everything he said. I could try to give you, you know, his points, but in reality, I'm just going to let you hear the video it was posted on twitter and just let you hear it for yourself about 30 seconds long here we go the standard and then there's a psychotic standard <laughs> um and i would say that the 15 percent that represent ohio state on social media fall into that category of psychotic uh they're, they're out of their minds and they what they do is they make players high school players not want to play for that program because of how they're just such uh, ass jackasses. They just they, they drive me crazy with everything that they do. Um, Kyle McCord's trying to learn how to play the position. Kyle McCord's not going to be uh, where CJ's from. Now, of course, all of that was referencing Kyle McCord's situation and Ohio State fans. Uh, I went, I don't know. Bashing is the right word, but criticizing. Some of them were definitely bashing him, but criticizing that, criticizing the situation with Ryan Day. Uh, Dre, I know you interact with Ohio State fans all the time, so you give us your take on this. You know, is Kirk right? Is is what he said true? Was it false? What's your take on this? Um, it's kind of true and kind of false at the same time. Um, Ohio State fans are crazy and insane. They talk a lot, but they've been at a high standard for so long, and I don't think they know how to take the media mediocrities that they've been, you know what I'm saying, put in front of them. And uh, on the flip side, I think they need to, like, give them a, a couple seconds because everybody's not going to come in and be C.J. Stroud. So uh, I think they should just give them a, a little time, a little time. But but I do understand the, the frustrations and because, like I said, they're Ohio State. They – live at a higher standard they're the second best team in the big 10 um so they're they're trying to get the throne back and it's, it's real frustrating for their uh their fan base so i, I understand were you gonna say who the first best team in the big 10 is there dre 
Oh, you know who the first best team is? Michigan, <laughs> baby, go blue. <laughs> I figured that's what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think you're right. Um, and and that was something else that Kirk said there uh, later on because I watched the full videos. You know, he's not C.J. Stroud, but I think it adds to it that J.J. McCarthy is looking more like C.J. Stroud than you know Kyle McCord is or Devin Brown is. No, because... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say C.J. Stroud. I I say more J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, to say that. Yeah, yeah, he's let's definitely his own player. I'm not trying to say he's CJ. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I'm just saying he is at a higher level right now than Kyle McCord or Devin Brown is. I watched him in that ECU game, and, man, uh, you know, Drew Aller impressed me, yeah. but some of JJ's throws and him on the move, uh, he's going to be really dangerous this year, and, and he's going to really improve that draft stock if he keeps playing like that. So, Beasel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What, What's your take on this, Beasel? True, false? You know any Ohio State fans? What's your take? Yeah, you know, um, I had a friend who was an Ohio State fan growing up. Um, I definitely, I know where Kirk Herbstreet's coming from. I think, uh, I think the hard part is a lot of Ohio State fans they they live and die with the team, and like Dre said, they've been at such a high standard there that anytime the team is you know not performing to what they think they should be, everybody's going to hear about it. These they're not going to know where to take it. They're gonna you know, they're going to voice their opinions on any form of social media that they can. They're going to make sure that, you know, hey, you're not up to the standard that we need. And I think that's one of the hard part. One of the I guess one of I'm going to call it one of my favorite parts about the Big Ten is everybody who is good, who has a that is a, you know, a longstanding Big Ten football school. Everybody here knows that the NFL teams in the area are not what's carrying you know, people day to day. Everybody is a college football fan. That's what they're here for. In Ohio, it's Ohio State is the football team that people watch. It's not the Bengals. It's not not the Browns. It is Ohio State. It's the same thing in Michigan. Yeah. It's it's watching, you know, University of Michigan. And then you got, you know, the couple of guys who wear green. But for the most part, everybody, everybody's cheering for a UM. So that's uh it it's live and die with it there. So it doesn't surprise me that he's saying that some of the guys are, you know, a little crazy to say the least, but I think that's just, they live and die with the team. And before we move on, didn't, mm -hmm. didn't they do CJ Stroud the same way? They did do CJ Stroud. Yeah. They were, what I mean, there was actually a video circulating, and I don't have that one loaded up here, uh, but there was actually a video circulating of Zach Smith. For, of course, if you don't know, Zach Smith was the uh, wide receiver coach that was fired uh, for a domestic abuse uh, scandal that happened when Urban Meyer was there. But he was saying, start Kyle McCord, bench C.J. Stroud, start Kyle McCord. And now he's saying, bench Kyle McCord, start Devin Brown. <laughs> <laughs> we had his co-host on here a few wow. weeks ago, Chris Drew, and, and he wasn't quite uh, that way. I think uh, uh, Chris, I love Chris, and I'm not saying I dislike Zach Smith or anything, but but I love Chris, and I think that he has a, a lot of good takes. But uh, it was interesting to see, you know, two years ago, Ohio State media is bench C.J. Stroud, put Kyle McCord in. Two years later, it's bench Kyle McCord, put Devin Brown in. So, <laughs> so you know, it's it, it it's crazy. College football for you. 
That is, it is, it is. I don't even know who's Mich- who Michigan's uh, backup quarterback is, so they're totally fine over there. I don't even know who Penn State's backup quarterback is, so so they're fine there. Um, real quick before we move on, Andre, I'll let you answer this first again. Do you feel like you know Kirk Herbstreit said fifteen percent of Ohio State fans are just psychotic? and crazy do you feel like that 15 percent is pretty consistent for at least the major programs we're talking michigan georgia alabama you know those major programs in college football their fan bases do you feel like that 15 percent is accurate i'm gonna say more than more than 15 percent you know what i'm saying um it's a it's, we have a lot of fans in college football for a lot of teams the ohio states the nebraska the the notre dames the penn states and that's why it's called uh, fanatics, because we all fans, but we all, you know what I'm saying, got a little bit of insanity in us about our team. So I'm going to say more than 15% because <laughs> it's a big fan group out here for each team. So, And a lot of people put their passion they, and they, they invest their lives into college football teams. So just like uh, somebody said, like some of these states only have college football teams. So. That's all they got. So they, you know what I'm saying? They got to they go hard for their team. For sure. For sure. Now, B-Soul, I think you're in a little bit of a unique situation here that I would love to hear your take on because Nebraska, you know, so good for so long. And I don't think Nebraska is bad this year. I think they're on the up upward trajectory. But you guys definitely kind of went down there for a little while and, and, and had your hard times. Do you feel like that crazy is still there? Do you feel like it's subsided some, or do you feel like it's just asleep and it's getting ready to awake if Matt Rule ever gets a Big Ten championship? <laughs> um, and I think I think that's that's a good way to put it. I don't even know that it went to sleep. I The hard part is, is in the state and surrounding the team, the standard is still conference championships. That that was part of the reason you go back 10 years ago when they let Bo Pelini go, after you can't get over the nine win hump, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, taking steps back because you fired a coach who couldn't win more than nine games and you've called kind of fallen back down to it, but everybody going into every season, they're like, okay, well, how good is this team? Are you competing for a championship team? And when you say no, people are like, well, then what are we even doing here? And so I think that that, you know, 15% of psychotic fans, I think those are the the people who are probably writing about the Nebraska team, because those are the people who are still talking that it's like, we should be competing for conference championships and be in the conversation come January. Yeah, for sure. Uh, For sure. I think, I think Nebraska has a fan base that if we start seeing Heisman trophy contenders and national championship contention again here soon, I really, I really feel like, you know, people are going to look at them and say, Oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> what are they, what are they drinking down there in Lincoln, Nebraska? <laughs> because it could, it could get just absolutely wild. So, but Hey, that's why we love college sports. Like you said, Dre, this is people's lives. This is their livelihood. You know, this, this yeah. is where they grew up with. Um, some of them exactly. went to college there. Some of the, yeah. So it's crazy crazy well hey let's talk about something good for the big 10 and here's some good news for you buckeye fans so if you're an Ohio state fan you're listening we got some good news for you big 10 on cbs sets record viewership across platforms so cbs sent out a tweet and they had a lot of points on there i'm just going to read one or two uh, but ohio state indiana that game at 3 30 on saturday it was cbs's most watch week one game on in 25 years 
in 25 years of CBS having games on in week one. That was the most watched game in 25 years. Uh, Big Noon also increased their ratings by 22%. Of course, that was the Colorado and TCU game. Of course, helps having Deion Sanders and his debut there. Uh, And amid all of this Good stuff happening for the Big Ten. The Charter and ESPN, or Spectrum, Charter-owned Spectrum, that dispute has resulted in ABC being down 41%, and ESPN is down 44% compared to last year's college football games. Now, it's just absolutely wild to think through all of this, but as I read those, I'm thinking to myself, Wow, did the Big Ten make the right call? You know, how thankful should we be that the Big Ten has found themselves on Fox, CBS, and ABC rather than ESPN? Or is this just the temporary thing and the Big Ten's going to be looking back and regretting it? B. Soul, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Big Ten's going to be regretting it at all. I think um, Fox has established, again, the big noon kickoff um, show and really being able to jump in and the Big Ten being on Fox for the past, what is it, two years now that they've been um, yeah, playing a lot Big of games Ten. on Fox. Yeah. yeah. that That's two been huge for them. Yeah. And then agreeing to go on CBS and NBC as well, that's huge. That's going to give the Big Ten the type of exposure that no other conference is going to have. And then also with the expansion, I know that kind of gets out into the future there, but you're talking kids now from – any part of the country, if they go to a Big Ten school, their families can turn on Fox, CBS, NBC, and they can watch them at home. And that Big Ten's going to be that coast-to-coast conference that really has a completely different exposure than any other conference does. For sure, and it helps the Big Ten Network, in my opinion, is one of the most successful of these conference uh, TV networks as well. I mean, the SEC Network and the ACC Network are are both good, too. Um, I don't know if I have hard data to compare those, but I think we can all tell the Pac-12 Network is just awful. I mean, you can't hardly get those games. I look for them all the time, and I can't hardly find them. Um, Dre, kind of what's your thoughts here on the Big Ten being on, on CBS, NBC, and Fox? What are your thoughts? Uh, like like he said, I think it's all good for for the Big Ten. I think it, it brings exposure to, like he said, we uh, have a East and West Coast. You know what I'm saying? After the expansion, so it puts everybody, well, it gives everybody an opportunity to be on TV. Um, without that, we have probably have UCLA playing someone, and us in Michigan. If you're a UCLA fan, we couldn't watch it if it's not on. You know what I'm saying? A, a big network. So that brings. That brings, you know what I'm saying, more eyes and more, like you said, more exposure to everyone in the Big Ten. So, and and it helped, like you said, it helps the Big Ten network a lot too, um, in a lot of ways. So, I think it's a good move for the Big Ten, for sure. And I and I think some people don't always realize what better exposure can really do for a conference and the teams in the conference. I mean, you know, when you are seen more on TV, it really impacts a whole lot of things. Now I have in my mind a few things. When the recruits. Exactly. That's the first thing I think of, especially with them being over in California, being on the West coast. Now that helps a lot too. So like a lot of people in Michigan can't can't, can't watch UCLA games or if they want to go to recruit. I mean, like looking Mm -hmm. at UCLA, they can't see UCLA because we're in Michigan or vice versa. So it helps. It helps a lot. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Beasel, what do you think that uh, are maybe some hidden benefits here, whether it's recruiting or something else? What are some hidden benefits here for the Big Ten and the teams in the Big Ten with their better exposure on TV? Yeah, I think I think recruiting is just going to be the top top thing that all of these schools are going to see, um, especially on the football side of it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, though, um, with the TV deals and with the conference expanding, how that affects the other um, other athletic programs, whether that's baseball, basketball, anything like that. Um, but just sticking football wise, I think recruiting's number one there. And then, like you said, I think. Everybody who has an opportunity to say, okay, well, Notre Dame is a playoff contending team. That's because Notre Dame plays on NBC and everybody can watch them. So it's just going to create more exposure to get everybody talking about the top teams in the Big Ten week to week and really start pushing them on a national scale to say, okay, well, you know, I get to see Ohio State. I get to see Michigan now every week do they deserve to be in the conversation instead of me only seeing one game of them? And then, well, now I got to compare it to the 15 PAC 12 games I watched. And do I think they're any better than that? So I think that's another side of it that'll also help is it'll get them, get the teams being talked about on a national scale a little more. For sure. And I think, you know, you see that um, in the Heisman conversation and those different things too. Um, You know, I I can't remember. I can't remember the last time a big 10 player won the Heisman um off the top of my head i know past few years have been sec players and uh lamar was there um but off the top of my head i can't remember the last time a big 10 player won the heisman um and that's just crazy to think about um so so yeah dre you have any hidden benefits or anything that we can expect from better exposure just just like he said it's about recruiting um i think that helps with the transfer part of portal too because like i said kids can see other schools on on each coast, you know what I'm saying? If they the school that they thinking about playing in, or their friend is playing in, and they never been to or never seen, you know what I'm saying? They could see that tradition or whatever, whatever. Um, now that that they signed that deal, so I think it helps with recruiting and the, in the transfer quarter <clears throat> portal. I mean, excuse. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good point about the transfer portal that, you know, we could see a kid really just ball out at, you know, a G5 school, a Tulane or something like that. And then exactly. you know, a Michigan or a Nebraska or maybe even an Iowa or a Wisconsin can find those kids because they're a whole lot better at finding them than we are and say, hey, come to the Big Ten. You're going to be on CBS. You're going to be on NBC. You're going to be on Fox. You know, you're going to be all those and places. The white, the white. And the way college football is set up right now, it's, it's going to be somebody in the portal every year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I think we've seen that you can't survive without the portal. You know, I mean, that's, exactly. that, that's the biggest thing on Dabo right now. You know, I know this Y'all is about to say Clemson. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Dabo has been hard and fast on, oh, I'm not going to the portal or anything like that. And it's like, dude, th- we've seen what happens when you don't go into the portal and you don't find those better players. Development can be great, but there is just some players out there recruiting sites miss on that you can find and plug and play, and it can be really good for you. So, all right. Well, hey, that's all I have, guys. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you. Uh, If you are listening, please be sure to go check out BigBanterSports.com. You can find Dre's uh, podcast, Victor's Nation, there. You can also find B-Soul's podcast, Sully Scoop, there as well. Uh, Next week, I am going to have on Josh and 
big casual or casual big 10 from twitter both of those guys are going to be on it's going to be a great episode appreciate dre being here appreciate b soul being here go follow them on twitter go uh watch their podcast they do a great job so thanks guys we'll see you later thank you